You're listening to Starting Place, a podcast of training the church. Hey, Starting Place family. Here's a question for you. If someone asked you to describe the process of disciple making, what would you say? Now, I know a few of y'all will be able to give a long, detailed response, but some of y'all might not know what to say. Because if I'm honest, I think a lot of us know discipleship is important, but aren't too clear on what it actually looks like to make disciples. Well, today I'm having a conversation with Toshiba Oliver and Leah Ross that will hopefully provide you with some much needed clarity. Toshiba and Leah, Leah Ministry called the Urban Christian Woman, where amongst many things, they train women on how to make disciples in their homes, workplaces, and communities. In the Gospels, Jesus shows us what it looks like to make disciples. And in today's conversation, we are going to learn how to apply his words to our everyday, ordinary lives. Toshiba and Leah, y'all are in Cleveland, Ohio, the Midwest. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fellow Midwest girl. What's your favorite thing about Cleveland? I'm a restaurant girl. Okay. So I'm like trying to find the best place to eat in the city. On the near west side, there's a lot of spots, but I just love to eat my way around the city mm-hmm. and also the beach. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. People don't really <laughs> talk about the beaches. Yes, they don't talk about don't the talk beaches. About Lake Erie. <laughs> Come through Cleveland. But Lake Erie is is a humble beast. It's, it's the one that flies under the radar, but actually is pretty okay. cool. Yes, absolutely. It, she, We both love food, so I have to go with just something different, even though I do love food. Um, we talk about I, food all the time. <laughs> I know. I love the summers here in Cleveland, and mainly because of the beaches. Okay. There's t- There's tons of beaches. Um, Cleveland it was ranked top for top in the nation for our hiking, being outdoors. And I do enjoy being outdoors. My family and I just came from camping this weekend and it was nice. And yeah, yeah I love the outdoor summers in Cleveland. Perfect weather. Summer is like it. not hundreds. I'm from it. Oklahoma. <laughs> it's the it. hundreds. It's like 70s, set high 70s, oh, like low humidity. Low humidity. Okay. Cut through. So we got an open door. We have an open door. Okay. And I still have sweet tea. <laughs> but, okay. I don't need to be in the South not to have my sweet tea. It's always available with a light hint of mint. Come on, okay? light mint. It's facts. Listen, when you said 70 degrees, I teared up over here because it is like 109 degrees, 105 yes, in Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh, 70. Mm-hmm. 70. Okay. But I know those winters are yeah. real. Mm-hmm. That's why we live for the summers. That's why we you live survive for the, the winter. <laughs> and you're like, I'm showing up for the summer. 100%. We're going to be out every day. Every day. Grilling every day. Okay. Come on. Yes. Outside, yes. living it up, being in the city. Being in the city is y'all's thing, though, because you have yes. ministry in the city, trying to reach other women who are in that context. Can you just tell us a little bit more about what y'all do and how y'all trying to reach folks for the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. So in 2018, we launched um, the ministry, the Urban Christian Woman. And it's a ministry that seeks to restore urban women with God's truth for everyday life. We really saw that a lot of the resources, the ministries that were available were reaching women in that outside context, in suburbs, in far distances. But particularly, urban women have a host of 
issues, a host of challenges and a host of everyday things that often cannot be addressed in resources and um, events and things of that nature. And so it really was a burden for me um, over the years. And so in 2018, we launched the ministry and we have a couple of different arms, the podcast. um, We have women who write for us who are in urban contexts across the U.S. And then we also host um, events for women and provide free resources for Bible study and um, for our podcast that we do. So. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. as, a, as a fellow urban woman, it's just all the conversations we're having in the urban context, the ideas that are kind of That's swimming right. around and how we need to right. really know what we believe as women to be in those yes. spaces and be a light for the Lord uh, because folks yeah. need Jesus. And they might not realize that, but we got to bring that truth to them. Mm-hmm. Part of your work includes this aspect of discipleship. And so I want us to have a conversation about that today. We are making our way through the New Testament and we are in the Gospels and a huge part of Jesus's ministry is this ministry of discipleship. And so we have talked about Mm kind of what it means for us to be a disciple and the character we're called to embody and the cost of discipleship. But there's also this aspect Mm -hmm. of making disciples, this process Mm -hmm. of trying to raise people up. And so when you all have just spent time in the gospels and observed the ways of Jesus, what do you think we can learn from him about this thing Mm -hmm. of disciple making? Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think, Primarily, the thing that I see the most is we are called to disciple not only the words of Jesus, but also in the way of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like there was a particular way mm-hmm. that Jesus chose to cultivate the disciples that he called. Mm-hmm. So when we think about walking in discipleship, we're not only entrusting them with um, knowing the word and knowing what it means to live it out, but also we're entrusted with modeling the way of Jesus, like Mm -hmm. walking with the humble, Mm -hmm. um, expressing proximity, like being Mm -hmm. in each other's lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's so many others, but just just that like there's more than just knowing the way, the words of Jesus, Mm -hmm. but actually thinking about how we walk in the way of Jesus when we disciple. Yeah. Yeah, And I, you know, one of the passages that really is the crux for us, and I know, you know, maybe your listeners may be familiar with it, but is Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Mm -hmm. right? And it's the great commission, right? We, we know it as that, but Leah and I were talking about this and we were like, Man, Matthew 28, 19 through 20 is no different than what took place in Genesis 1, 26, right through 28. And so you have what God was ordaining through his authority and calling into being and then the fulfillment of Jesus doing his father's will. And so when we're talking about making disciples, we're not making people after our likeness and image, but we are literally understanding that all authority belongs to the triune Godhead and we are following under the authority of Jesus and how he is doing his father's will. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because it's easy, I think, Mm -hmm. in this place. And we're going to talk about kind of the actual on the boots, you know, what kind of Mm -hmm. ways we struggle and how can we walk through that um, and overcome those with disciple making. But it's this idea of you're, like you said, we're not supposed to make people into our image. Right, right. We're pointing them to the Lord. And we are right. constantly, and you see Jesus do this. You see that he, this idea of he brings them back to, 
I, I think of kind of like this home base of as they wandered off. So I think about uh, James and John mm-hmm. and Mark 10 mm-hmm. and Jesus talks about how he's going to die several times and the disciples don't mm-hmm. get it. And the disciples to me, I appreciate that because they're real fellas. Uh, <laughs> right. Real right. fellas. Right. And you'd be like, y'all get it right. together. Right. 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 Not, not exactly right. the sharpest <laughs> point in the no. box. Not right. at all. And you know, Jesus has just said he's going to die. And they're like, so can you give us what we want? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the question is wild in Mark 10, 35. But what we see Jesus mm-hmm. do is he is gracious and he kind of brings mm-hmm. them back to this place of your eyes are in the wrong place. Let me point you really to myself, mm-hmm. which is let me point you to the Lord. And how right. in this process of discipleship, it is this, it's life on life that he was with them yeah. for years. I'm like, he was with Judas for years. Mm-hmm. And knew Judas mm-hmm. would betray him and he still offered him grace to right. wash his feet and still was with him. Right. And in those life on life moments, we see Jesus offer so much teaching, but also so much like mm-hmm. you're not going to get it the first time. You're not going to get it the second yeah. time, but I'm going to keep yeah. bringing you back to this home base and pointing your eyes mm-hmm. to the Lord. Like your eyes are pointing the wrong direction. Right. Let me point them back to the Lord. Your eyes are pointing the wrong direction. Let me point them back to right. me, who is God, That's right. and throughout every right. different life situation. And so, you know, to me, it is that those are things that I think about that, man, that's what I'm called to emulate when it comes to my mm-hmm. path of being a disciple mm-hmm. maker. What are some other things that you all have seen Jesus do that you're like, oh, those are pieces I need yes. to bring out yeah. when I'm trying to help people follow the Lord? So I love that in so many examples throughout the Gospels, Jesus, like you said, he teaches, he models, and then he commissions. Yeah. So I was thinking a lot about in uh, Matthew, in the feeding of the 5,000, the way Jesus incorporates his disciples in that work, mm-hmm. they're like, we don't have it. And he's like, I actually am asking you to give them something to eat. Right. And he says, bring me what you have. Mm-hmm. And he multiplies it. And he, he actually yeah. does the multiplying, but then he gives it to them. So what he's saying of you give them something to eat, he actually is like, no, you're actually going to give it something to eat, but yeah. you're going to give it from from my divine hand. Mm-hmm. And so it's this teaching, this instruction, but also he's modeling and that he's entrusting them in the work of multiplication. And so mm-hmm. I think that's really important as we think about doing discipleship. We're modeling, um, we're teaching, we're modeling with our lives, but we're also saying, no, like you actually be a multiplier as well. Mm -hmm. You go out and do this, not from my hand, but from what the Lord has given you, go and give it out as well. Yeah. Yeah, And and he's also, he knows what they have, Mm -hmm. right? And there's this deep relationship that is very clear that Jesus has with each one of them. And I think that's a huge part, even as you were talking, Elizabeth, that really stuck out to me in Mark um, Mark 10 as well, is that Jesus has a relationship with people. Mm-hmm. And so even when he is asking them to trust him, to step out, to be obedient, even when they're, when they are failing, right? Like it, Jesus is still drawing them mm-hmm. back to himself and drawing them back towards, we have a relationship. 
you know who I, yeah. you know that I love right. you. You know, do you love me? I love those words that he mm-hmm. says to Peter over, like, do you love me? Do you love me? Then feed, right? So I think that there's this component of a deep relationship that fuels the following, that fuels mm-hmm. the obedience, that fuels the seeking him, the seeking him, mm-hmm. you know, even as Jesus ascends, yeah. you yeah. know, even after that. Yeah. And, th- and those, those dudes were in his life in like a real yes. way. Too. Right. Like, I think we cannot overlook how much he was like, I mean, as they were walking, yeah. he taught like as, as they were going, he said, right. you know, right. and so there's this sense of like, they were with Jesus in and throughout his comings and goings yes. in a way where he was giving proximity and and access to his yeah. life like right. sleep on the boat like with <laughs> right. you know what I'm right. like right. you would be when i'm sleeping right like, right 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 that's a nice i am level. with you always yeah, yeah. i am with you Legit. i am that's what it is yeah. legitimately i right. am with right. you always yes. right even right. to the end of the age yeah. right yeah it's mm-hmm. it was ordinary like it wasn't these curated mm-hmm. moments. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't these curated mm-hmm. moments. You're yeah. right. Mm-mm. Not cure. Not curated. I will also say that um, it was also in even in who he chose. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've been thinking about the disciples who um, he commissions eventually as apostles. Right. These were not what we saw in Old Testament scripture either. They were not a part of the Levitical lives and all of these, you know, no, they were everyday people. And so, and not just everyday people, but people that were on the margins. Uh, Hello, somebody. Mm -hmm. Okay. People. Okay. They didn't have, some of them had stature, but many of them were in what we would know as low socioeconomic or in the margins too, you know? And so they're everyday people, everyday people. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about Jesus's process of discipleship is he kind of takes something that was normal to the culture and flips it around just a little bit because it was normal Mm -hmm. for men specifically to go find a rabbi and say, hey, we want to follow you. We want to become like mm-hmm. you. And so it's this aspect that they would hang out enough that people are like, oh, you are with rabbi, whatever, because we can tell by the way right. you speak and the way you move that you are part of right. his following. But Jesus asked these men to follow him. Mm-hmm. And these men who would not mm-hmm. have been a part of that group to go and ask a rabbi to be a part of that kind of discipleship experience. Like you said, he pulls people on the margins, people who are messy. We got Peter who mm-hmm. cut out people's ears. Like he, you know, you got some. Right. <laughs> it's messy. messy. Right. It's messy. Even, yeah. Okay. You got Levi. Nobody liked him. <laughs> nobody. Nobody likes nobody. nobody. Right. Okay. You just, you was just charging me, my guy. <laughs> and I'm supposed to be cool with you. Okay. Like my guy, I just paid you the other day. Run me my money. Okay. <laughs> Don't be in my space. Okay. <laughs> it's real though. It's like, it's real. I, it's I don't like you. I don't want to be in community with you. And he gathered people yeah. that wouldn't have gathered themselves together. Right. And in those three years, transformed them to spread the gospel to the mm-hmm. ends of the earth. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we want the people we look towards for discipleship, man, we, they want to be neat around the edges. Right. That we can see. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can see the potential in you Come and now. what you can do. And mm-hmm. Jesus chose people who might not have on the outside look like they had the potential to change the world. And the only reason Come we on. know the gospel is because these men were faithful to the call of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's right. 
And it's because Jesus called them to go. Mm -hmm. And to me, it is just this ordinary moments of a life on life and the power of God to change people's life when they're just in the right Mm -hmm. environment. Um, And discipleship Mm -hmm. invites people into an environment and says, we're going to grow together. Some days it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. Some days it's going to be a little hard. But you are going to become who God has intended for you to be. And you're going to go, like you said, Leah, we're commissioning you. We're sending you out. It's not that you have enough. You have the one who has all things. And from that, you're going to change the world in the way that God has set out for you to do. Uh, But discipleship Mm -hmm. is key to the Christian life. Mm -hmm. But it's probably one of the most things I hear people Mm -hmm. not understand what it is. They don't have a definition or they don't do it. Why do y'all mm-hmm. think this is? Ooh, I think that there is a real lack of literacy and understanding around what discipleship what is, is yeah. and what it means to be a disciple. You know, um, we have, I think about, we ha- we did a summit um, here in the city and, you know, we were asking the definitions and somebody gave this deep theological question and I mean this theological response around what a disciple is and we were like a disciple is a follower of Jesus okay (laughs) that's it like 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 we we appreciate the high the high level we don't want to minimize that but to get boots on the ground because it was so ordinary it is it is following Jesus, mm-hmm. okay? Follow me as I follow yeah. Christ. That's it. To be a learner of him and his ways and to replicate it, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that there is a deeply a lack of literacy. Um, you know, I, I started out um, just a little bit of my own story. I grew up in a Black, predominantly Black church space. And so the word discipleship is not used, yeah. right? And so it. people are like, this is, what, what? And so it it has a little bit of ringtones of some form of mentorship, but really it's the component mm-hmm. of pointing and holding out Christ to an individual. And so, you know, I just think that there's a lack of literacy yeah. around it. And then there's a lack of, um, I think, priority within the church. Right around it as well. If I can say that in the most gracious way as a pastor's kid, if you a pastor listening, listening, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for the local church. I'm rooting for the the church as a whole. But I think that it falls on the on the priority list because it is so ordinary and it takes time. Mm-hmm. And you cannot produce mm-hmm. it, it it doesn't have the scientific mm-hmm. production of what you may be walking with mm-hmm. a sister or a brother Talk about it. for quite some time and they're falling back into patterns. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what I'm saying? The, the way that the, the harvest you can't comes, that you, can't, success. you can't. And we don't like that uncertainty. Yeah. We don't like the uncertainty. And so they're like, what can we do that's certain? Mm-hmm. And so I think yeah. there's an issue there. Yeah. I also think too, like you're saying, it's so ordinary and it takes time. And so many of us are saying like, listen, we don't have the time. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't have a lot of time in our lives. We don't have a lot of margin. But I think some of that too comes from this concept of 
oh, hey, like I'm thinking through these curated times. I'm thinking through sitting down, having coffee, like, you know, opening up the Bible and doing this study together when it was modeled in the scriptures of as you go. As you are going. And so if if we can take our minds out of that concept of like, oh, I need to have a two-hour coffee date once a week with this sister in order for it to be discipleship. Mm-hmm. We can we can easily talk ourselves out of that being possible. Yeah, right. But if it's like, okay, as I go, as I go to the store, I'm going to pick you up and you go with me. Yep. And while we're at Costco, I'm going to break it down. Like, how was your time in the mm-hmm. Word this morning? This mm-hmm. is what I read. How can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. Or we're serving together at the park in the mm-hmm. summer in, in missions or in ministry. And mm-hmm. we're using those spaces to really think about yeah. how is Christ forming us to love those on the margins and those under oppression in our culture and in our city. And those are all spaces where discipleship can happen, yeah. both one-on-one and in a group, but it doesn't actually look like as curated as we might think it does. Yeah. So we can take down that barrier and actually have access to it. Yeah. Yeah. In our churches, I think we, you, you see this, this movement either towards really big churches mm-hmm. or smaller ones. And I think the, the bigger ones, and I'm a part of a larger church mm-hmm. and I love my church, right? And so I think they do a wonderful job of trying to help people grow. But I also know the temptation of larger churches is right. attractional ministry. And so we go towards mm-hmm. what's shiny. We go towards uh, what will get people in the room because we just like that, right? So you, I grew up in a, a predominantly black church with the Come on. carpet in the pews yes. and uh you know those, those lights and the okay. stadium seating and the rock concert <laughs> mm-hmm. style music uh you know might be a little bit more attractive to my 20 year old self yeah. than the acapella worship okay, from the come on. in my sitting church at, sitting at the lord's <laughs> supper table okay <laughs> come on come on <laughs> <laughs> and for y'all who, who are like, what are you talking about? At my church, the deacons started praise okay. and worship acapella. So like these seven year, 80 year old men are singing hymns acapella and they're supposed to join Sometimes along. Right. Yes. But <laughs> what happens is you don't have the opportunity mm-hmm. to connect in real life mm-hmm. with people as easily. Because like you were saying, Leah, it's the ordinary. It is, I'm inviting you to just join me for the mm-hmm. ordinary aspects of life. And it is in that place mm-hmm. that the Holy Spirit does the work. It is in that place. We're just having a conversation of, yeah, mm-hmm. how's your Bible study going? You know, how's your prayer life going? I mean, you talk to me about this thing and this conver- this issue on your job. How did you respond to that person? And did you, did you, Confession Mm -hmm. and repentance, like all these things that we are able to do in relationship, but that requires us to be connected Mm -hmm. to people. And I think some of our church models produce a lot of things, but they do not produce connectivity in ways that we need for discipleship. And it is, yeah, it just, Mm -hmm. I've just seen that. Like it's what we need to make disciples can be hard in the church models we are attracted to in this moment. Right. And oftentimes, and you know, I want to give, I know that there's this sort of um, a little bit of movement in smaller churches, too, where they're saying, oh, let's be intentional about discipleship. Oh, discipleship is Sunday preaching. Discipleship is small groups. That is true. And also there is a deep need for one on one discipleship because you have someone talking yep. to you. It's not this yep. intentional relationship relational and very relational. Yeah. And um, also it's it's not a space, even in small groups where you can ask a person a little bit more like, help me understand mm-hmm. what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and so right. it. 
those things are profitable, but I think we need the whole totality Mm -hmm. of discipleship. We need it on Sunday. We need it in small groups and we need it one-on-one. And so it, yes, it will take time for it. it, All you have to do is help train. You could even give Elizabeth starting place Mm -hmm. podcast and say, yeah. yeah, come on, saints. Yeah. Let's listen to these podcasts and talk about <laughs> how we're going to make disciples. Right. And who's that one person? And I can't yeah. I, I think that we can't overlook like how the culture that we're swimming in makes it hard too, because right. all of our relationships that I've been thinking about this a lot lately are relationships that are tech based, like a text message or mm-hmm. social media, like mm-hmm. it becomes so transactional. Yeah. And it takes so much of the humanity yeah. out of it. And so, like, if you think about a church where um, maybe tech is is high on the values of how you experience one another, like mm-hmm. it takes the humanity out of it. Whereas so much of discipleship is being is just being up against each other in life, yeah, and yeah. feeling the humanity yeah. of one another and saying, okay, how do we form that into the shape and to the likeness of our Savior? How yeah. do we do that? Yeah. You can't do that as effectively. I mean, there are you know, ways that you can reach people via tech, but you cannot do that as effectively if you're Mm -hmm. just not in each other's lives and God has created us in to exist fully in our humanity. And so we should Mm -hmm. be helping one another grow fully in that humanity as well. Which is where John's words become really powerful in John 1. Talk about it. John is doing ministry, right? He out there doing it big time, baby. Okay. He out there doing it big time. (laughs) <laughs> but when Jesus pops on the scene, he says, he must increase and mm-hmm. I must decrease. And he commissions his followers to go and follow him. And so yeah. when we're talking about this, we know that churches are being intentional. Mm-hmm. But there is a point that if we're going to make disciples, it definitely cost us and we've got to decrease and he has to increase in our lives. And the way that he's increased is us dying to ourselves and prioritizing um, the life of another. That, that is the currency of the kingdom. Can I just say that the currency of the kingdom, okay, is not high attractional. Mm -hmm. It is human Human beings, one another, one another's Made in the image of God. Yeah. Matter of fact, he says in John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved yes. you. By this, all people yes. will know that you are my disciples because of the love yes. that you have for yes. one another. And so he, his currency is different. And so as believers, we have to be in God's word to even see the, right. the high value yeah. and the importance that Jesus is placing on it and feel that burden and that tension of an invitation. Yeah. I call it an invitation, That's right. you know? That's right. So, yeah, it's not, it doesn't fall into the category of a spiritual gift that some people have access to and some people don't, mm-hmm. right? It's actually a command. Mm-hmm. It's a command. It's a command. Oh, and make disciples. He said that to his people. Yeah. And so it, how, we gonna be us, fruitful, how we going to be fruitful? Multiply this. That's right. It, you guys right. make disciples. Yeah. Okay. So, Go ahead. No, I love the passion. I love it. The currency of the kingdom is dying to ourselves and prioritizing the lives of others. And we can only do that when we are in proximity to other people's lives in real time, embodied. The fact that we are in a body matters uh, and how we relate to one another and just what the Lord does in that. And all we are called to do is go Mm -hmm. and to be obedient. And so my question to Sheba and Leah 
It's how are mm-hmm. y'all going and being obedient to God's mm-hmm. call to discipleship. Woo. Sis, do we have another hour? Because <laughs> yeah. I want to tell you some hard stories. Yes, yes. Do we well, have another? so for me personally, um, living in a city, living in an urban context, but also living in a space that is very um, multi-ethnic and cross-cultural, mm-hmm. like that yeah. I'm in a multi-ethnic church, one that is predominantly white and Asian mm-hmm. um, and a small minority of African-American. And we're, we're in the city. And so in that context where I know that I'm called not only to disciple through the Urban Christian Woman, through mm-hmm. the podcast and the events, but also in my local church, yeah. that is the space where I feel most called and most challenged as well, mm-hmm. because it is often yeah. cross-cultural discipleship, mm-hmm. right? So I was telling Toshiba yeah. a couple of days ago, like earlier, I was invited or asked to disciple two younger med students. One is um, Chinese and one is white and they're med students, right? So like that alone is another culture that I don't understand. (laughs) Um, But being in that space, I'm like, there are also women who who have an incredible call in their lives Mm -hmm. um, to impact a space where people are hurting. I mean, if you think about why somebody ends up in a hospital or in a doctor's room is because they're hurting. And so Mm -hmm. thinking about that for me, as I'm called into my neighborhood alongside of people that are hurting because of racial oppression Mm -hmm. and systemic oppression in my community, I can think through that lens of like, okay, what has Jesus spoken to me Mm -hmm. that I can pass on to you, that I can point you to, to say, you need to be nourished by the word every day. Okay. You need to be looking for the way that Jesus is calling you towards Mm -hmm. those that are hurting. Mm -hmm. And what can you give them? You can give, obviously you give them of your experience and your profession, but you're giving them something more. You're Mm -hmm. giving them an opportunity to encounter the healer, Mm -hmm. you know, the doctor, you know, the one who can Mm -hmm. save not only Mm -hmm. restore us Mm -hmm. in our bodies, but also our souls. And so Mm -hmm. thinking through that lens is challenging as I think of, okay, cross-culturally, what can I give you that is not my culture or your culture, but it really is above and beyond kingdom. that kingdom. because it reflects mm-hmm. yeah, the kingdom culture, kingdom. the way of Jesus that you were saying is so upside down mm-hmm. and is so countercultural where mm-hmm. we're at, but is the thing that lasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to give them something that lasts. So that's something for me right now mm-hmm. in my life. But also, like, I have four kids, so I'm thinking about that space as well mm-hmm. in my very home. What does it look mm-hmm. like? For the ones that are um, always going to be with me until I die, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what does it look like to give them something uh, that points them to Jesus? And that is one of the hardest because I don't get to go home at the end of the day like I do with the women at my church, right? Mm -hmm. They're seeing me when I'm groggy and I'm tired Mm -hmm. and I I haven't had my coffee yet or whatever you want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, or at the end of a long day where they've tested every nerve, Mm -hmm. each and every one. Yeah, yeah. And I get to um, (laughs) lean on Jesus and rely on him to look for like giving mm-hmm. them something that points them to him. Yeah. Um, not to me as the great cool mom, but, but ultimately to um, their only savior. So those are a lot of my spaces right now. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they're, and they're all challenging. Yeah. So that's why I was like, do you have an hour? Yeah. Cause yeah. it's yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, yeah. I can echo some of those, some of those sentiments, you know, um, while I definitely love what I do with the urban Christian woman, I am, deeply passionate about being boots on the ground, um, even with my kids. And 
for me, I'm in a, a season. Leah's kids are a little bit younger. I have five kids that range between 25 all the way down, down to 10 months. So 25, 15, 11, 6 and 10 months. And each one of them okay. has a different form of how I walk with them, how I converse with them, how I disciple. And you, But it's a deep dependence upon the Lord by the spirit. Okay. And it's also a, if for, I, I sort of want to talk about for a mother, it is a lot of repentance. Like how am I modeling repentance to my children and pointing them to Christ and saying, this is why Jesus came because mommy just came at you sideways. Okay. And I did not mean to do that, (laughs) (laughs) but I I was, I was centering something more than I was setting my heart and my mind on Jesus through loving you in this moment. And I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Right. And then I think about um, the overflow of that, which is on my block in my neighborhood, you know, this looks a little bit different. Um, some, there are a few folks on the street who are believers, young women who I ha- am spending time with, building relationship with. Um, and then there are women who are on the margins who are not believers. And so it looks like, yeah. you know what, you work third shift and I've seen that your baby is late way more than what they should be to school. Can I take your kids to school? Because I need to build a relationship with you before I speak into any part of what you got going on. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Let me just yes. say that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can I, how can I serve you? And we see that in the Gospels. Yeah. Jesus is meeting a need. He knew who he was dealing with. He knew the people that needed to see a miracle, that needed to be served before he called them to go and sin no more. Okay? And so that is sort of what it looks like on, on my block. And then in other ways with my church, I love women in my church, spending time with them. There are women that I just continue to disciple inside of my local church. And then there are some women here in the city that I disciple as well. And we're all busy. But what I found is this as you are going is essential. Mm -hmm. Like, girl, I'm cooking dinner. You want to come over? Oh, this morning, every morning I go for a walk. I invite some women on my block to go. That's that's my Mm -hmm. time with them. To, do you understand? It's as I am going, mm-hmm. God has provided the ways for me to be on mission yeah. in relationship of disciple making. I remember having like a moment where I was like, okay, if I want to continue discipling, I need to audit my life mm-hmm. and see where are the spaces where I am doing things alone, but I could invite somebody into that. Yeah. Right. Because like I said, I don't have two hours to sit at a coffee shop yep. and go through an inductive study with you once a week. Like I would love that. And there will be another yeah. stage of life, God willing, that I will be able to do that. Yeah. But in this season, it looks like auditing my life and saying, yeah, OK, my husband and I are in inner city ministry. So the volunteers that that choose to spend their time with us, I'm looking for the ones that God is calling me to, yep. to say, Okay, when we're out here yeah. on a Saturday morning, yeah. I'm intentionally having conversations yeah. with you. I'm asking about your life. Yeah. I'm getting into how I can pray for you. And then we're just going to also pray. Like, yeah. I'm going to be praying yeah. as we go. Yeah. And then I'm thinking about as well, like you said, like when I'm cooking dinner, who's who's free enough to be able to just come yeah. by in that space? Mm-hmm. Or who... So I'm thinking about where are the spaces in my life where I'm doing things solo, but mm-hmm. I could bring somebody along. That's not every space. But if I intentionally think about those spaces, God may reveal something to me and he may reveal to me that person that is supposed to come with me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause it is, 
I think sometimes we get caught up by the structure. And I mm-hmm. love structure, so don't get me wrong. I love structure. I love a b- good Bible study. Um, I love a good book mm-hmm. to read through with people. But it's where can I just invite you to come along with me mm-hmm. in, in the conversation that mm-hmm. I'm going to you to Jesus. I'm going to share my life. I'm going to share my wins. I'm going to share the ways in which I didn't mm-hmm. show up the way I needed to and how I've learned from that. I'm going to invite you to do the same. Mm-hmm. I'm going to challenge you. But it's as we're going through Target, we're going through Costco, uh, you're cooking dinner. And and for a, a woman who is single, right, being invited mm-hmm. to a table and say, hey, come join us for dinner. But also, man, why don't you invite mm-hmm. people as well? Right. There is space in our lives to invite people mm-hmm. to come alongside us. And it's it sometimes it makes you feel awkward. Sometimes mm-hmm. it feels uncomfortable. Sometimes it didn't go the way you think mm-hmm. it should have gone. But it is the call to invite people to do life with us and yeah. invite them to the Lord. Uh, because when I hear people talk about discipleship, kind of it's also it's this, I don't do it, but also right. no one did it. Right, right. right. And That's we so have real. an opportunity yeah. to invite people into relationship yeah. and see them. And people want to be pointed to yeah. the Lord. They want someone to help them and that we have an opportunity to do that. Yeah, that has been, I, I will tell you, Elizabeth, one of my greatest joys this year has been the proclaim events that we have done mm-hmm. and women leaving the space, either one connected yes. to someone and just went in up and asked yes. in the space, yeah. asking oh someone to it. disciple yeah. them. And we've been able to see fruit and now it's going mm-hmm. into multiplication where they have now grabbed, honey, listen. He ain't got to do nothing else for me. Okay. He saved me. That was enough. But now we just, we just karma sauce and and cherries and everything else. Okay. It is the greatest, it is the greatest joy. And some of, and some of them, you know, I, I am also about like honoring leadership in the church to a degree, communicating with yeah. them and saying, listen, I've gone to yeah. this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I really feel that this is a command from God. Can I disciple? Mm-hmm. And seeing the fruit from that in churches yes. in our city yes. has been yeah. rich, helping churches. For, for me, a huge part of my job is helping churches build out discipleship contextually. Mm-hmm. It has been a joy to yeah. be able to to do that and then to see, come back and say, how is it going? Doing check-ins with them, seeing like, what are the challenges? Yeah. It's multiplication. Mm-hmm. It's it's the currency. Yeah. I've been so encouraged <laughs> because I'm like, that shows that there is, there is a hunger for it. It's like you're saying, Elizabeth, like people yeah. are looking up, they're like, is anybody yeah. going to do that for me? Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you get to a point where you're like, I, I am that, like, I need to show up for somebody else yeah. in that space. But yep. how do I do that? Because yeah. it was never done for me. I don't know how, I'm not yeah. sure. And so that space of, of proclaiming yeah. even quarterly is an encouragement of that. And it's having that that hunger in one place to be equipped and trained yeah. and sent back to your local church to to do that. And, and to tell women, you yeah. can talk about your micro braids, yeah. your, your braids and the Bible at the same time. <laughs> Come on. The okay. context is beautiful. Come on. Okay. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> you talk about what is relevant to you, how God has created you, your culture, your space, your family. And you point it to the Lord. Everything points us to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's just having the the tools and conversation. And so with this podcast, uh, there's a couple of tra- things I try to do. And one of them is to bring on people who can actually help you learn more mm-hmm. about what we're talking about. 
And so the reason I brought on Toshiba and Leah is because mm-hmm. they're doing the work and they do these events. And so we're going to tag in the show notes so that you can continue your journey of learning how to make disciples with them, their podcasts, their events. But it is, it's, I think it's simpler totally. than we think it is. And the, f- the opportunity to bear fruit is more, is greater than we mm-hmm. can ever envision. That. And that we would just have the courage Amen to step that. into that. We asked the same question to close out each episode. And so I'm going to ask you guys to close us out with this last question. When we think about disciple making and we think about the ways we see Jesus do this in the gospels, how does that point us to the gospel, the good news of salvation? I mean, I think that it points us to the fact that he is making everything new. Mm-hmm. And that is such an encouragement to me when mm-hmm. you look around and you're like, it feels like everything everywhere is falling apart. Mm-hmm. Like that is not the way of the kingdom where he's saying, mm-hmm. multiply my image bearers through discipleship. And in that, like things, people are being made new. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are being made new in Christ mm-hmm. and you get to see that. And that is just an encouragement to me. When I see that in my everyday life, yeah. I'm like, Oh, yes. The gospel is so real. Mm -hmm. Jesus rose from the dead. Mm -hmm. And so all things are being made new. And that is that'll carry me all my days. All your days. All my days. Yeah, girl. Yeah, girl. I I think about the component that life is really found in him. Mm -hmm. And so when you turn away from sin, you are experiencing new life. When you are walking in forgiveness, right? And the redemption of what it's life. Mm -hmm. It is when you are being sanctified and transformed, you are experiencing life Mm -hmm. in him. And so all of your life is found in him. He is your life. And when we are able to experience our, that life that is found in him alone, it's all of the gospel. It's all of it. It's the repentance. Mm -hmm. It's the forgiveness. It's the redemption. It's, it's the, it's being reconciled to him. It's sanctification and being transformed into his likeness. That is really where your life is found. It begins, it ends, and it continues, you know? Amen. We're going to end this with some shouting because I feel like shouting. (laughs) Hey, y'all, you got me over here tearing up. This idea that all things are made new. Mm -hmm. And we live in a moment where people are like, I need some stuff to be made new. I feel that. I need you to redeem. I need you to deliver. I need you to bring life to a life that is... Mm -hmm. People are just like, man, I have all this stuff in the world and I still feel empty. I'm looking for a place of belonging and identity where people can love and know me and not reject me or judge me um, and welcome me. And I always think about this picture of discipleship and we see it with the first Christians is it was Mm -hmm. around the table that everybody Mm -hmm. was welcomed in and everybody was a part of the community and they kept rehearsing to one another the truth that no matter what it is in Christ Mm -hmm. you find life and in Christ all things are made new. Toshiba and Leah, thank you. Thank you for having us. Yes. Yes, yes. Your overflow of Mm -hmm. wisdom has blessed me. And I know it is blessing our listeners. Several years ago, a pastor gave me a simple definition of disciple making that has stuck with me. He said to make disciples is simply to ask people to follow you as you follow Christ. We don't need to be perfect or have it all together. We are just asking people to learn the way of Jesus from being a part of our lives. So here's this week's reflection question. Whether it's with your kids, friends, coworkers, or a small group at church, What is one thing you can do 
to help one person grow as a disciple of Jesus. Thank you for listening to Starting Place. This podcast is designed to serve as an introduction, helping you understand and grow in your Christian faith. So if you're interested in learning more about today's topic or connecting with our guest, please check the show notes for more information. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to message us on Instagram or shoot us an email at podcast at the woodsoninstitute.org. And don't forget to leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. It helps other people find the show and connect with us. Until next time, grace and peace, y'all.